Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. You know, we were communicating. We were doing all things. But at the end of the day, when they get eight offensive rebounds, I think, in the first quarter or whatever, like, that's that's going to that's gonna take away from a lot of stuff. I think, um, but like like I said, we were able to lock in. We only gave up four in the second half. And they're, they're a beast on the boards. You know, those guys are really active. And, you know, when you play with an, kind of an undersized, like, one through four, I think that's that's, uh, that's what you really give up. But we got to work harder and, and be able to box out and get rebounds. Donovan Mitchell talking about some of the stuff that went wrong early in the Warrior game. The Jazz did not look good early in the Warrior game, but late in the Warrior game, they played better and they ended up winning it. Long list of stuff still to clean up, PK. And they've had they've got three days off here at home. That's almost unheard of. Playing at home on Friday and not again until Tuesday. So see how much better they do before they go out on the road. But that was uh, it was a win. Nothing all that Tuesday? satisfying, but a W. Will they play Tuesday? The Orlando Magic will be here tomorrow. Not going back-to-back. They played yesterday. And who do they play Friday? I don't think they play Friday. Oh, I thought you said they played Friday. They played on Friday against the Warriors. And then sit around for three days at home. Sit around? Time to practice and tighten up the act. Sitting around? Yeah, Saturday I think they were. Really? I think they got a day off. Huh. If I were them, I'd get my butt in the gym. No days off. Jazz and the Magic tomorrow night. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. The Lakers keep rolling. Nothing seems to slow them down. 24 wins, only three losses. They beat the Hawks. I always wonder about their health. Maybe a sprained ankle there for Anthony Davis. He was limping around at the end of the game. Was he really? Yes, he was. That makes me nervous. 101-93, the Lakers win again as they are sprinting away from the rest of the Western Conference in the standings. How many games are they up by now? We'll find that for you. I want to say five. Okay, say whatever you want. (laughs) You don't know? No, I don't. I thought you were going to quiz me. Four and a half over the Clippers. No. Six over everybody else. Huge weekend for James Harden. He's just throwing up 50-point games every time he steps out there. He's got that scoring average up to 39-3. We haven't seen anything like this, PK. Even Jordan, 37, was his best season. Is Harden going to be able to sustain it? And Is it going to matter if he does? Because they're sitting fifth in the West right now. Individually uh, I think, brilliant. I think he can sustain it, sure. Yeah, he can. 39 points a game, that's just putting you up there in Wilt territory. Wilt's done it, but... 39 is an enormous number. Say it one more time. No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> the Magic beat the Pelicans yesterday on their way hey, in here really? to Utah. Yes! Wow! Of course, New Orleans has lost 12 in a row, so that's not that big a trick for all Still, the... Still, I didn't see it coming. For all the struggling the Pelicans I, have done... I, I mean, I literally didn't see it. Never lost 12 in a row. Until now. Sucks for them. Williamson, is he ever going to play? Luka Doncic now with a sprained ankle and could miss a couple of games. I thought I heard a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks? A couple of weeks, yeah. yeah. Weeks. Several games. Many. You don't, you don't know the Mavs schedule off the top of your head? 
No, but let me check what for you. What good are you? <laughs> <laughs> Not much, sir. But can I have a few crumbs of bread Jeez. anyway? <laughs> Who's he going to miss? Oh, he's missing a bunch of Eastern road trip games. Oh. Getting out of that. Did you see when they were down in uh, Mexico City, he spoke Spanish? Yeah, that was smooth. Yeah. That was smooth. He had played in Spain, so he picked up the Spanish, and uh, the crowd clearly loved it. Oh, then sure. He, then he handed the mic over to Blake Griffin. <laughs> Blake's like, well, what am I supposed to do now? Oh, he's just ola, Mexico. He didn't go Mexico. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> Give him the ola. <laughs> and I'm out. And he said hola, not even hola. No. Easy. Easy on the... Uh, on the letter H there, will you? All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. So the Beehive Classic is all over for the year and, and forever. It's going to be remembered forever? Forever. Why did you tweet that? Because I thought it was fun. <laughs> oh, you were trying to be funny? Yeah. See, but people don't take that from you because that's not what you do. Well, sorry. You make beautiful, heartwarming statements. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you give some score of it was a good game. People have on their phone. It was a good game. It was a great game. Yeah. It was there. It was a lot of fun. You were there for the second game. There weren't that many people there for the first game. You heard an attendance estimate, and it looked really tiny on TV, but you couldn't tell exactly how few people. Yeah, were there. I got here about uh, four thirty, and so I was when the game started at six. I was walking around downstairs, and one of the ushers called me over, and he said, "We hear the first game." I said, "No." He said, man, I, I was outside. There couldn't have been 1,200 people there. <laughs> I said, oh. And, and I, I checked in on it a little bit before I came down, but I was watching a lot of the Army-Navy game. And so, uh, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't very good. It was probably about half full for the Cougars and Utes, or Aggies, I should say. And that was, a, that was a fun game, back and forth, a lot of emotion. It's always fun when these teams play like that. If I were either – well, the Aggies lost, obviously, but I wouldn't be crushed. If I were Utah State, I mean, you're working Keta back. You know, he's going to take a couple of weeks to get anywhere near where he needs to be. It was just his second game. He didn't start. In the first game, he played 10 minutes, and then they, they extended him a little bit in this game. And Merrill was awful shooting. It was like 2 of 11. He's probably not going to have many games like that. So if I'm the Aggies, I don't feel too bad. And the Cougars, they're finding their way. To, to, to me, the eyeball test tells me this is the best team they've had since Jimmer. They're defending. Which they is are. not a surprise. They've got more seniors. That they're good or that they're defending? Or do you think those two things go hand in hand? The yeah. seniors know this is their last shot yeah. and they're willing to work at the defensive end. Because they are holding teams under 70 points pretty routinely. When they don't, they're pretty mediocre. But when they keep them under 70, the record's really good. I think that... Uh, yeah, when you have guys that know hey, that th- this group, Mark Pope's first year, is only going to be together or the, the the gist of it for one season, this season. Yeah. Uh, so let's try to make something happen. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I sure hope they give him a lifetime contract. He deserves it. <laughs> LSU quarterback Joe Burrow, the runaway winner, is the Heisman Trophy winner there. And uh, lifetime contract for Ed Orgeron. Eddie O, Coach O, let go by the Trojans. Now on top of the world, Louisiana State. And Burrow's to the point of being, man, really choked up as he was accepting that award. 
And if that's the way you feel in the moment and you want to credit your coach, I got nothing wrong with that. And Coach O seems like one of these coaches. He's become a celebrity because he's a little bit of a character, but I don't think he started out as a celebrity. Thought he was more of a longtime grinder. Right. But there's something about the voice. And then he's got a charm. And then winning. Well, he's got real enthusiasm, too. I mean, he does get all sorts of fired up and then put himself out there. He doesn't just jog off the field at the end of the game. He'll go over and lead the band like he did at USC. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. That's what I'm saying. He's become a character. And he's winning. And good good for him. Seems like a good dude. 10 and 3 last year, and now 13 and 0 with uh, Joe Burrow just taking off. Boston College got a new coach. They hired Ohio State's co-defensive coordinator, Jeff Halfley, as their head coach. Now, the youths, coach in waiting, and we will uh, get to this coming up. They're not using that phrase, and yet it does seem like uh, Morgan Scally is on track. Absolutely didn't want to talk about it yesterday. It's point or blank. Saturday. Uh, yes, yeah, Saturday. You're right. Sorry. He's been quiet for two days now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, at, uh, after we had on uh, Mark Harlan on Friday, and that was a strong, strong endorsement. We can play a portion of that for you again if you didn't hear it. And then I asked him, has there been any discussion on the coach and waiting? And he said, I don't want to talk about it. And, so, and Kyle has openly talked about wanting to coach a few more years and hang it up. And, and clearly Harlan knows what Kyle's hobbies are. He brought up. Yeah, he did. He brought that. Play thirty-six holes. (laughs) I know I do. (laughs) Go golf in Maui. (laughs) Yeah, and and Kyle likes to do that. I mean, I've spoken to him about it many, many times. I know exactly the courses he plays, and so that that's coming. I still think we're two or three would be my guess, just a guess away, if not longer. But uh, so you never know what's going to happen, but. I like the fact that uh, you could have a possible successor in place, and it's, uh, I don't know if it's ironic if it's, is the right word, but you've had success promoting a defensive coordinator in his mid-40s, early to mid-40s as head coach, and that's if it comes to pass, that's what it would be for Morgan because he just turned 40 in October. So if you stretch it out two to three to four years, he would be roughly the same age as when Kyle got that job. The similarities. Mm-hmm. The local guy. And I was thinking about this. Let me throw it out there because I don't go back that far. Could I claim in the history of Utah athletics, men, women, you name it, is there anybody more red? There could be as as red, but more red than Morgan Scally. You know, he had the grandpa play and all that stuff. Yeah, so that's and uh, he's grown up Highland High in the, in the shadow. It's like one high school. Well, two. There's two high schools, one public school. Eastern Judge well, the only East school is literally in the shadow. Yeah, um, you can see the scoreboard right from their practice field. But the other one is just right two, three miles. Yeah. Uh, and he dreamed of playing there, and he did, and and he, and he struck gold when he got there and finished it off as co-MVP, Fiesta Bowl, undefeated, blah, 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 all that greatness. And then into assistant coach after a brief stop in sports radio. Well, it was then, one year because then in two, 2005 he was with us because he did the show right after us, so we saw him every day. <clears throat> and then he went in as an administrative assistant, then a grad assistant, and so forth, safeties coach, blah, 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 to where he is now. 
get it. And, and I would need, we would need long time. A, a guy like Tom Wharton, who's been around here forever, could speak in. It's our fans. I can't. Is there anybody more red than Morgan Scally? You know, the only thing that's coming to mind is Arnie Farron. I'll say Arnie's probably on that list. Since he was on the NCAA championship basketball team, and then you go forward a few decades, and he's the athletic director, and he's chairing the NCAA basketball committee. So that kind of, you know, the whole career, the year, and I, and I don't know what he did in between. Did he grow up here? Yeah, but he went, and didn't he play in the NBA? Arnie did for Yeah, he yeah. did. So he was gone. Morgan literally has never been. The only time he's been gone is on his mission. That's it. Yeah, when he, when he did the radio, he got a few blocks away because we were on we were on the corner of Seventh East and Four Hundred South. Yeah, he's still only a mile from the U. I'm waiting. I'll be right there. He was right. just down the hill. No, right. Arnie did. Arnie got drafted and went and played in the NBA. You're right. I think he was in Minneapolis, I think, if I remember right. That doesn't take but away I, from I, his redness. Right, but, but I, I think know that it makes it more. The high school chapter, I think that 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 team in the 40s, I think it was all local guys. Okay. Put him on the list, but I don't yeah. know that he's more. I can't speak to it. But Morgan, man, he is the ultimate definition of a Utah man. And it would be cool if he follows it up in a few years to be the head coach. DJ and PK. The NFL. Koo going to bounce it right at Samuel. He's going to throw it back. And to the far side goes Emmanuel Sanders. Or no, Richie James. Now he's going to sling it backwards. Now Mostert's going to take the deep shot. Ball hits the ground. Ball game. And that is the ball game. And Alameda Zacchaeus is going to score. The ball got loose. Zacchaeus gets his second touchdown on the field in his touchdown. many weeks. The ball game is over. The ball was thrown behind the line. Zacchaeus scooped it up on two hops and into the end zone. Niners, that was the last play of the game. It was the next to last play that they had to review where Atlanta scored the go-ahead touchdown. The 49ers tried to lateral it around, so Atlanta gets another one, and they win 29-22. But the Niners lose for the third time, and they've now lost in overtime to Seattle on a field goal at the end of the of regulation in Baltimore. And now with uh, one second left on a play that had to be reviewed, and Julio Jones broke the goal line by, like, Two or three inches. But they're 11 and 3, and they're tied with Seattle, and they got a big game coming up in two weeks to see who wins the division. So I was watching the NFL Network, and they were saying they're the fifth seed. Yeah, you can fall from one to five. The wild cards are five and six seeds. Well, Deion Sanders didn't think it would be that big of a deal for them. He thought they could stack up no matter where they are. Whoever doesn't win that division. Well, we'll have to see how it plays out with Minnesota, but all year it's looked like they're on track to be five and go play the NFC East champ. And Dallas and Minnesota both won. So, excuse me, Dallas and uh, Philadelphia both won. So they're both seven and seven, and they got a big game coming up to decide that division. Yeah. So you wouldn't think that would be a big deal to win that. But I, I, it is a fall from one seed getting a bye in a home game and another one if you win it. Especially Seattle seems to have a great home field advantage. They've had a lot of gr- of great you know years at home where they're seven and one or eight and zero. They really cash in on it. I don't know that the Niners have that same thing going in San Francisco. I don't think they do. Well, I mean, you had your uncle from Reno who went to the game, so you ought to know. Well, they haven't been in the stadium that long, and haven't been that good when they were in it. So. Oh, dang. I know the Utes haven't been good when they were in it. <laughs> That's good. 0-2? Oh, Fair point. No, 1-2. and two. 
would be the one a bowl game. Oh, the Indiana game was out there. Yes, it was. The Bills are in and still with a chance to win the division. It could happen. They beat the Steelers 17-10 in the Sunday night game. They clinched their second playoff berth in three years after not going for about a decade and a half. And they got a game with the Patriots left. They could still win that division. Good luck, Josh Allen. Love you. Straight out of Laramie. The Wyoming kid. Fresno via Laramie. Were the Patriots cheating? Jay Glazer got a copy of the video. They aired it on Fox Sports yesterday. Then I tried to watch that, and I lost interest. You lost in interest. 30 you seconds. couldn't do it. I couldn't, because they were all hyped up on it. Look at the video. You know, and they had all the guys there, and they had Jimmy Johnson and Howie and Strahan, and they're all dead. I just couldn't get into it. I mean, if we exposed all cheating... That's all we would do, particularly but, in the college level. But it's the Patriots. It's you know they're they're this big brand and super successful. And but you're right, yeah. I mean, uh, the number of players who are paid by a shoe company or the booster with yeah. the hundred hundred dollar handshakes, money left in their shoes in the locker room. I really tried to for. watch it so I could have some informed opinion, and I thought I'll just yeah. let DJ handle yeah, it. Yeah, I don't care because I, I I couldn't get into it. Monday Night Football tonight, Colts and the Saints. And the Saints with a chance to get to 11-3, which would be the same record as the Seahawks and the Packers and the Niners. And so the battle for uh, for home field on in the NFC. And especially when you got teams like Seattle, New Orleans, and Green Bay that all have big-time home field advantages. Everybody wants that. Plus, somebody in that group is going to have to uh, open as a wild card out of the West, and somebody else is going to have to open... And not get a bye. And you certainly like to buy one less game on your way on the path to the Super Bowl. You can listen to that Monday night game here on the Zone Sports Network. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. It's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Steve Tate, former youth safety, founder of the Hayes Tough Foundation, is going to join us at 8 o'clock to talk youth football with him. He and Morgan Scally. Playing together, been friends for a long time. We'll get his perspective on uh, Morgan's future as well. And Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, here to talk all things Beehive Classic, Aggies, Cougars, and the Jazz as well. Steve will be here at 9 o'clock. Got people weighing in on social media on uh, Morgan Scally. What do you think of him as the next head coach of the U down the road somewhere? And we will get to your reaction to that next. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Joining us right now, BYU head coach Mark Pope. Anytime any of us experience change or a new challenge, I think we have ideas of what it's going to be, but there's also a feeling of, I don't know what exactly to expect. What has jumped out at you and been like, oh, I wasn't expecting that? I don't know if it's a surprise, but it's just humbling is how much people care. I mean, people care, and that makes this really fun. Our fan base is worldwide, and I don't know another program in the world where it doesn't matter where you go, but you're going to have a pocket of people that desperately care about what's happening at BYU and have an affiliation with the, with the university and care. And that's a beautiful thing for an athlete. It's a beautiful thing for a staff. It's pretty special. And it's also humbling and, and what we're trying to do. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. 
Has there been any discussion as far as taking over when Kyle retires? I'm uh, not going to discuss that. I'm not going to discuss that. Not discussing it, PK. Read into that what you yeah, will. He stared me down. <laughs> like Kyle does? Scally and I just more went More tuning in than other because of the facial hair. He just went right at me like, how dare you ask me that? And then I looked at him and said, unspoken, how dare you respond as such? <laughs> it was tense. It was like, it's like in the movies when the words are flying across the screen. That that. Time I, I was there. I could see the words. It was me and Croton again when you played <laughs> it over and over and over on Channel 2. Well, we played it once. We didn't play it over and oh, over. Oh, bull crap. Oh, you're right. We played it twice. <laughs> I'll take that back. Join the big show Wednesday from 3 to 6 at Homie at 10355 South Jordan Gateway in South Jordan. Okay, so which one were you talking about? We played Morgan twice. Croton, I think we played like four times. Oh, I was talking about Croton. Oh, you were. We played Morgan twice. Because I think it aired, yeah, it aired in the five in the 545 news. And then it aired again. I hope again. you give me credit. Oh, yeah, it was your voice right there. And because of where you stood, you could, it was kind of the edge of your face, too. Which is better for all. <laughs> the edge of your face, <laughs> not the whole face. Yeah. It might have been covered, actually, now that I think about it. I think Matt did put some cover video over it, oh. so that would have... But it's clearly your voice, I and mean, people on TV I mean, know your voice athletic. Now. This new hot uh, website did a big piece on Chris Burgess, and they go, so they go back. Twice they could have brought Matt me credit, and they didn't. They put LA Times in there. Did you see that? No. They put the LA Times as like the source material for that quote. I'm like, You're kidding me. I'm not even kidding. Who <laughs> wrote it for The Athletic? I, I Brian know. something or other. I'll have to look it up. But Dude. it said LA Times. I'm like, hold up. What? LA t- for the, you let down nine million more? Yes. Oh, LA Times. Gosh. Chris gave me that. That was a one on friggin' one. It was Chris and me. I was looking right into his navel. <laughs> <laughs> He's way, I, he's way tall. I actually thought of that watching the game because we were blathering on and like like last Wednesday or something. You're like tallest assistant or tallest uh, bench in the uh, coaching bench in the uh, West Coast Conference. Uh, I think it might be in the country, man. Pope is six. They got up off the bench at a timeout and Burgess. Burgess they had a shot and Burgess was chasing after Pope to tell him something Nate about Austin's something. Nate Austin's some yeah. form of assistant and he's way up there. Well, they've also they, got uh, the, who's the center from last year. He's a great assistant. The players oh, were Cal going Worthington. Yeah, the players were going to the bench and and the, and the coaches are headed the other way. I think yeah. Pope was going to either meet a player or say something to a ref. And Burgess had something like he just he had to share it right then. You got to know this, you know. So he had this little urgent move. You know, <laughs> they were they were taller than the players who were going yeah. the other way. They're super tall, yeah. obviously. So the Times put it in there. The Times got the it. Times. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Didn't I guess when you're a nobody in Salt Lake, you're destined to be a nobody, nobody in, Salt in Salt Lake. I had a lot of time to read, so I read it. I'm like, hold up, what? It, it couldn't have been them. Total poo-poo heads. But, uh, yeah, I did ask Scally because that was the obvious question. I've got no problem answering, asking the obvious question. I mean, if I didn't, somebody else was going to. So I didn't care about recruiting in Texas. One, one friggin' game is going to make all the difference. It's not. I mean, recruiting is a lo- several-year-long process. 
And and I don't care about that stuff anyway. Who was jumping up and down when Brant Keithy signed? I, exactly nobody. Nobody. Where is Katie Texas? And now they've got him as such a productive tight end. I said last night on TV, right now, he's the second best uh, tight end in, in the league. The, the, the Seattle, Washington kid, Bryant, who's I think he's said he's going to leave for the uh, NFL. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's an NFL prospect. He had injuries, but he looks like he can be a real big time player in the mold of Safarian Jenkins that they used to have up there. So, uh, they'll, you will get who they get and they'll be productive. But to, to, to me, the big story is Scally with this contract amendment, which I've never heard an amendment. Different term. Yeah. Well, it's usually renegotiated. Well, the only thing I can think of that means more money and more years. But more money, it. more years, and what does it promise as far as succeeding Kyle? Yeah, well, be, yeah, in addition and you to... And you were explaining how you've had it explained to you, talking to people who know this stuff, that you don't actually get promised the job. There's a financial incentive built in. If you don't get it. Right. There's some kind of payday. Uh, Which yes. means clearly the assumption is you're going to get it because they want to give you the money. They'll give you the, give you the job. If I'm Utah, I think it's great, man. And I got to say, I was really surprised Mark Harlan was that strong on his recommendation. If that's the way he feels, I mean, I've got no problem with the way he feels, but I was surprised that Harlan was that emphatic. Well, I think he's got all the, the skill set to do it. I mean, I think he's he's a special guy. You guys know him. Um, I know a lot of people probably listening know him because he's been in this community uh, for so long, but um, I, I would think he would be an incredible uh, um, option um, when Kyle decides he wants to golf 36 holes a day and <laughs> spend some time in Hawaii or all the other things that he might want to do in his future. I think he would be an incredible candidate. Yeah, that's an awesome. incredible candidate. Right. Yeah, really. That's strong. And when you look at I and I have beat this drum and I'll continue to beat it because I feel strongly about it. Success must have continuity attached to it. It goes hand in hand. That doesn't mean you stay with the same coach forever and ever if he's not getting results. But if you get some results, you've got to stay because you look at the South. 16 coaches, 16 coaches since Kyle has been the head coach at Utah in the Pac-12. And we just finished our ninth season. And what has that led to? A bunch of here and there, mediocre. I mean, the, the Trojans said no to Ed Orgeron, and he's on top of the world right now. So I don't care who you have, because I also maintain every time a coach is hired, don't say, this guy's going to do great, this guy's going to do it, because you don't know. Right. And, and so I think we need to say that if it turns out to be Morgan in a couple of years, which is what all the signs seem to be pointing to. But I think, to your point about the continuity, if you're going to lose Kyle because he walks off into the sunset, then... He's obviously figured out there is a plan, a recipe that works to recruit to make Utah really good. And if you get away from that at a lot of schools across the country, then how do you, how do you get back on track? And with Utah basketball, Majerus had a plan and had a recipe he followed. And they've gone away from it with each of the succeeding three coaches. And get good of- players and screw everybody else. <laughs> 
It's okay. But Majerus got a lot of role players inside the state, and he went to the West Coast and found a handful of stars. And we've seen other coaches. Giacoletti tried to come in with international players, and then Boylan came in and tried to get guys out of the Midwest. And nobody's really done it the same way. Because they had zero continuity, because Majerus had no coaching tree. So the coaching tree, for Kyle, there's four guys out there who know this recipe and know this plan and use it to one degree or another, depending on what they're doing. If a program is winning the way Utah is, averaging nine wins a year for a six-year stretch here, usually you promote from within, which makes Morgan the guy. If, if it were going to be Kalani, he probably would need to win more. Jay Hill going Weber State, going from Big Sky to the Pac-12. Your Pac-10, Pac-12 guy, and I think you only came up with one or two examples. Uh, Washington State was one. You mentioned that. They hired a Big Sky coach at one point, right? Was Wolf, it, it didn't work. Wolf, yeah, and it didn't work. And if there's, if there's another one out there, there aren't very many more out there. There may not be any others. So that seems like that's a little outside of the box. Gary Anderson's bounced around a little bit. Like Kalani, he'd probably need to win bigger here. And he's, he's kind of about the same age as Kyle, same generation, certainly. So a few that's years younger, but yeah. probably not the ideal fit. But I think any of those guys, it could be. But I think... If you look at the way they hire coaches, Morgan's mostly got the story and the background that fits a little better than the other three. But I think they really, I've always thought they need to, you know, choose from that pool. Now, as we go forward a couple years, you know, stories can get rewritten, stuff can change. But Well, it would be way cool if, and it probably won't happen because people move around, but just use two or three years as an example when Kyle decides he's had enough. And then you have all four coaches who are Kyle's protégés, so to speak. Yeah, but you're right. People move around. Right. Yeah. So I don't know that it would happen, but there's a potential. Well, there's three right now. The only one is Kyle's job. Right, right. And if it were Morgan. Right. So, And all four of the coaches then would have been... Under Kyle, right, and that, I mean, that, we that, could, would be, that would be that right. would be cool. But we probably can't predict the future like that. The way coaching works, we certainly cannot have predicted the path that Gary Anderson took the last decade. No, so you never know what's going to happen. And then the other thing too is that see, Majerus just burned every bridge in town. I mean, I know people they don't want to hear it, but believe me, I know what I'm talking about there. And so there was nobody left to take over. So there was zero continuity. Here, Kyle will leave, step aside on his own, but he won't leave. He'll be there. Now, he won't intrude, but he could be, he'll literally be a phone call away at all times. And would, He's gonna be st- would do, do everything right. in his power to help Morgan succeed. So that would be the ultimate continuity. And this program... You're looking for ways that you can separate yourselves from the other places. I think we're seeing it. This spiel on family on three, family on three, it's a cliche, it's trite, all these types of things. And it works. It means <laughs> something a little bit more. And you say, well, what, what does it mean? What, how can it help the program? I think we're seeing, this is my own opinion, I haven't really spoken to anybody on this, but I was contemplating it over the weekend. I think one of the reasons you have Moss and I, Foto and these guys who are willing to play in the bowl game, and maybe it'll change, maybe we'll find out in the next week that they won't, but some of them will, and the Devils got two studs 
Who are out. Yeah, running their best running back. Edo Benjamin. And their best receiver, Ayuk. Nope, I'm not playing in the Sun Bowl. So they're going to be a watered-down team big time, big time in the bowl game. And the Utes, well, you're going to have injuries. So you already have the Blackman and Hubert weren't going to play no matter what. Even if it was the national playoff, they were out. So the injuries happen, and the Utes have a pretty good run with injuries this year. And then you got Jalen Johnson, who has battled injuries because he got injured in the Colorado game. So I can make an argument that the one kid who, for NFL purposes, has an injury issue, so he's going to sit out. And the point I'm making, and that family on three stuff that we've heard in the huddle a million times, I think there's something to it. And that no one has said anything I could be way off base. But I think that's leading to guys wanting to play this last game well, I think because it is something different. I think that's true, and I think that the whole your whole point about it's trite. And I think that you know if you hear it all the time, it is true. You're like, yeah, yeah okay, family, because a lot of people say it. Right. But when Jalen Dixon is standing there talking about why he came from Texas and he wanted to play at UT and he wanted to start, you know, the big in-state school, but you're not tall enough; they're not even going to look at you. And so he takes the trip to Utah, and he said the family stuff was true. He liked it right away. He had a good feel. He loved the mountains. He loved all the people. And now when he goes back, he's still, you know, do you still get some of that? And he said, well, of course. He said, but, you know, they don't know. Yeah. They haven't been here. I mean, I, I think that there's something to it. And so keep that continuity. If I'm a fan of the Utes, I would be pleased with this. And I can't guarantee you it's going to be successful because who knows? Because there's two things. You have to be successful in your own right. Then you have to be successful against the competition. And who knows what the other five schools are going to do. Maybe they finally get it right. I don't know. And the other five schools become super competitive. And Tucker does a phenomenal job in Colorado and gets the program back to where it was 30 years ago. Maybe he does. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he doesn't. And obviously the two L.A. schools are always just a, a good hire away from being pretty good. And the teams in the desert have had their runs. Devils had a little bit more run than the Cats, but maybe. So you can be good and still your record may not be as good because the competition is better. And right now... This year, anyway, and to a large extent last year, competition is pretty weak. I mean, let's call that like it is. Well, this was a bad year, and the Utes, uh, mm. the Utes in USC were head and shoulders I don't above think everybody last else. Last year was any better? Well, no, last year was six and three. I mean, this year at least eight and one. The number looks good. But then you know the two teams you played that were eight win teams or better both beat you. So. That looks bad, right. but I'm talking about the South. You know, and I think the thing you got to say about USC is even though they haven't made the right hire and this decade's been a struggle, SC still finished in first place. Now, one year they couldn't play in the title game because they're, they're on probation, but they've still finished in first place three times in nine years, and they're not even getting it right. Even when they're off, they're on. And when they're on, then they'll totally lock it down. So you have to factor in the competition. You have to factor in how good you are. You have to factor in the competition. Brett is hitting us up on Facebook. Morgan, head coach, I love it. I thought for a long time that that's what they should do, and I hope that it's actually going to happen. 
Go Utes. All right. On board. I can buy that. Uh, we got people tweeting at us, at David DJ James. Robin uh, Griffiths, this is not going to help them get to the next level. Doesn't say why, just not buying it. Brainless Steve, I posted yesterday, if he's not the successor as head coach, it's a catastrophic failure on the part of the university. You like it when they bring it strong. A catastrophic failure if it's not him. What is the next level? The next level is winning the Pac-12 championship, isn't it? Which would make you routinely a top five, top ten team, I guess, depending on how strong the conference is. Now, expecting that to happen in a given 10-year period, how much? One. So one out of ten, that's it for you? Yes. If, if, if you got two out of ten, I mean, that's just – the, the coach who gets two out of ten is showered with a mega-year contract and gets what Kyle gets. Wait, hey, retire here, and we'll take care of you for ten more after that. I think, I think two out of ten would be awesome. Right. I mean, what, what is built into this program, or most of the programs in the Pac-12, that makes you think you should be taking Pac-12 titles away from USC and Oregon and, and in Washington? I, I think those schools have advantages over everybody else in the league. Now, Stanford did it, but Shaw should get that kind of deal. What, what advantage does Washington have? That was, I think, why I hesitated there on the end, but I think they got a con, uh, combination of tradition and money up there that's pretty good. Not the tradition USC has, no, they do. and not the money Oregon I'm, has. I'm not saying what do they have. I'm saying what do they have over Utah? Tradition and money. I mean, there's tons of tech money up there. If you tap into that, okay. But the if you don't, then what then, do you he, got? then you don't, right? <laughs> so, but I think it'll always be hard for Utah to fundraise on that level. And maybe I, it'll be the old Chris Hill thing about well, you don't have to pay your people as much because the cost of living. I and don't housing know what and Seattle's uh, off the what charts. Tech companies are giving money. I don't know how much Starbucks is giving Seattle, the University of Washington. So you don't think Washington has those advantages? You think it's just two teams that have advantages? They have advantages, but what advantage do they have over the Utes? That is so overwhelming. Tradition and money. I mean, they, they're clearly they've got more money than Utah. I don't know that. But when they print those lists out, the Utes are usually well. When they printed the list third. on recruiting, Utah outspent Washington. We don't know what the two private schools did, but no one spent more money. On recruiting, recruiting and what use. is the lifeblood of the program? A recruiting, coach. Kyle has told us. So they weren't times. outspent, and Morgan was already making eight fifty, and they amended his contract. So if they gave him more money, you're not going to get a ten thousand dollars. If I get a ten thousand dollar raise here, I'm taking the old lady out. Put on your best cocktail dress. We're going out. <laughs> <laughs> but you're saying Morgan going from eight fifty to eight sixty is kind of a shrug, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. So it's going to have to most likely be to a million. For the rest of us. Right? For the rest of us. It's probably a million dollars. Yeah, I mean, that's what they deal. Yachts and running that, down the hallway, windmill in the arms. I don't know. I'm with PK. We're going out on the town tonight. I'm sure the watchdog is going to make a request to get the contract because it's yeah. public record. These are public employees here. Yeah. The, so we'll know soon enough Yes. exactly what that amendment is. They're, they're not the only media entity that's already requested it. Right. And that's their jobs. Right. That's why I don't care what you think of the watchdog. We don't want the watchdog to go away. No, we do not. It may get under your skin, 
but we still need it around. Believe it or not, Channel 2 actually requested his contract. Now, Channel 2 can go away. I don't want to grab <laughs> You do too care. <laughs> the gazillions of dollars you make every Sunday night? Oh, yeah, the rest of them, uh, Telemundo would be lined up to get their hands on me if they could. <laughs> Hola! <laughs> I can PK! Hasten, I can hasten the development of Spanish. <laughs> Phrases I didn't think I'd hear on the radio this morning. So I don't know. I can't say how much they're out outspending them. Maybe they are. I don't. I don't know that. But as I look at the advantages, and Washington has plenty of advantages, no doubt about it. But I just don't know that they're substantially more than what the Utes have. All right, DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five at twelve eighty. The zone. We're getting a lot more reaction flooding in. We will get to that next. Steve Tate joins us at eight o'clock. It's ninety-seven five at twelve eighty. The zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Listen Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to see the Jazz and the Blazers, December 26th. Purchase a Ford Fans on all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming game and receive unlimited hot dogs, nachos, popcorn, ice cream, and soda. Visit the Ford Fans on Level 6 for free Ford swag, Jazz tickets, movie passes, and much, much more. All right, we're looking for your uh, reaction now. People are tweeting at us. You can call 855-340-ZONE. Morgan Scally did not want to talk about it when you asked him about being the guy who replaces Kyle, but we know he's got an amended contract. We know the AD's a big fan. We know Kyle's a big fan of Morgan's. And Morgan doesn't want to talk about it. Connect the dots at your own risk. Yeah, and and you know, taking it to the next level, as that guy on, on Facebook said, I think they're already at the next level. Well, they're certainly at a level they weren't at, but there's another level ab- above them. I mean, the next level is... They ain't getting to that. <laughs> so, there's the level where you're winning conference championships, and there's the level where you're in the playoffs winning playoff games. They ain't getting to that. Well, can they get to the level where they win conference championships? I think they're already there. Well, they haven't won a conference championship. How can they be there? Because that, that is not a literal designation. That is at the level. So Alabama's not at that level th- that they can win national titles this year, <laughs> but right because it's, over it's, the course it's of a decade, the, are you, you the, you're saying can you be in the mix to win those? Well, yes, that, they're that there. level they've got. They're, they're in there. the mix, right? They're already there, averaging nine wins over six years. They're already here. They've won the South two years in a row. They're already here. Can they get to Ohio State? Oklahoma, LSU, Alabama level, Clemson level? No. Seems like nobody teams, in Pac-12 is at that level. It seems like everybody that, at that level has been there for fifty or seventy-five years. Clemson's a little more Johnny come lately, but yeah, Clemson's a little Johnny come lately. You're right, but, and, and but they're there. They haven't lost a game in two years. To be at that level, no. 
and your fan base, and don't don't come at me, you dumb Utah fans. <laughs> too late <laughs> now, because you you're late. not going to hold them accountable at that level. Go, I've been to those places. Okay, oh, Ohio those places State, go nuts. Ohio State, Florida, and Alabama. I totally get it. There is a level of fandom slash psychosis that we don't have here in the West. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe you. Maybe USC. No. Well, their fan base this year is like, we really don't want to win the South because we want to get rid of Helton if he wins this thing. They're, and they're the only fan base that would think like that. But I've been to those places, and they're not And they're the still same. not as crazy as USC. No. But is Clemson that crazy? Yes. Really? And uh, Yes. It's, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look at all the, the What do they got? A, like indoor Disneyland in their locker room? <laughs> they have a slide. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They have a slide. And, and how much are they paying... Dabo, I love Jesus, Nine, Sweeney. $9.2 million. Come on! That's double what Kyle makes! Now you got me there. Yeah. They're afraid they're going to lose Dabo to Alabama when Nick retires. Take care of him now or he'll be out the door in 2.2 seconds. Yeah, so... He may be out the door anyway. You're not willing to commit at that level. Yet. Well, you're not. You're not. No. You're not. I mean, they're they're going to expand the stadium to fifty thousand. These other places, Ohio State's looking at you. What, what what is that? A spring practice? It's not even a spring scrimmage. It's a spring open practice. Come on, the differences are startling. Utah is already at the level of everybody else in this conference. Weber State Stan account says, as a Weber State and BYU fan, I'm happy. What does that mean? Well, I assume that he doesn't want Jay Hill leaving Weber State. And then, as a BYU fan, I don't know, is that he doesn't want Kalani leaving, or is that he thinks Kalani can beat Morgan and BYU can get Maybe a win? he's I happy for Morgan Scally. Uh, just take it for what it is on the surface. He's happy that Scally has found a home here, and looks like he's on deck, and is good for the program, and he's a good dude, and all the stuff that goes into being what Morgan Scally is as a human being. I We've been around him. I've been around him. I've seen him do stuff. He's done stuff that is, well, I won't get into it, but uh, I don't know that you're going to find a finer person. All right, DJ and PK, we'll talk to his former running mate there in the backfield, Steve Tate, you former Utah safety, founder of the Hayes Tough Foundation. Steve's going to join us coming up next. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.